many today who have already fallen away from the Word of God, and who are instead following after men and new movements, experiences, and new revelations, are deceived. Some already have and many more will join them in compromising the faith. If you listen to them carefully you will hear the voice of the accuser or the brethren. Though they can be very religious, refined and educated, and serving the Lord, though their speech is peppered with Bible quotes and they recite many scriptural truths, the motivation of their heart is more for accusation than intercession. The battle lines are drawn, we cannot ignore this war any longer. We have lost too much ground and too many souls to this army, now we must fight for complete victory. The Biblical Editorial Review Series, The War Within the Body of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. I'm your host, Cleveland Rose, and I want to thank each and every one of you for this wonderful radio experience. Um, last week, and I want to really touch base on last week just a little bit because I want to get in depth about the social justice gospel of Satan. And the main reason why is because it is of Satan, of all realms, and I want to dig deep about it because it's something that we need to really understand of this whole mess that's going on in churches today. But I want to go ahead and touch back on last week's broadcast when we was introducing the, the, uh, the progressive Christianity, which this is part of the social justice gospel. A lot of it had to deal with the fact that a lot of people went and complained to Facebook. I just found out about it today. And when I found out about it today, how I found out about it was that, you know, they got these guidelines. And within Facebook, you can't say things that you should say. Like, homosexuality is a sin, to also saying that racism is not a sin, it's not, it doesn't exist or a sin or anything. Or when you talk about abortion is since murder, and you got people this week from different news outlets are saying that it's not even a baby. So it's a lot of things that Facebook guidelines and community standards has forbidden us to talk about which I personally believe that Facebook have the right to do what they want to do. They are a private company. However, if you say you are, are a public demand, and I'm talking uh, as an IT um, person because I, I know I am, I've been doing IT work for so long that I know what it means. If you are an entity and you classify as a public domain that means public rights should be applied according to that domain. However, Facebook can do whatever they want to do. So for me and the uh, rest of us on uh, our radio stations across where we have everything else, especially in RCR, we will not be broadcasting anymore through Facebook. We will let you guys know when we're going to be having a broadcast, but we're not going to be broadcasting through Facebook anymore. And at first we was going to do it and I kept going on, on, on about it. But now we come to a, a final conclusion. And so this is enough. Um, they've been, they cut us off at 24 minutes. Then after they cut us at 24 minutes, they don't want 
we nobody didn't really hear the broadcast through Facebook, which brings me to another thing about it. If you depend on Facebook on everything, you guys are losing your minds. And that's one of the biggest things I want to talk about a little bit more next week about the um the church of uh, the church of Facebook, which it is one of the biggest things that's going on. And that's why this war within is really massive because there's a lot of churches think that they are getting their message across, but they but nobody's not really listening. And the ones who are getting their message across are really part of this, what we're going to be talking about today about the social justice gospel, because it is a gospel according to Satan. And this gospel is a actually a more like a scare tactic to the church, but it's also a scare tactic to the body of Christ to try not to try to keep uh, the body of Christ at bay for not telling about sin, the real culprit about sin. So we want to go through all these rabbit holes about uh, racism, abortion. Um, homosexuality, gay rights, uh, Black Lives Matter. I could go down the list of stuff, you know, to the point that it will make your head spin. But see, those things are symptoms of sin, symptoms. And most of it is really coming from the heart of man. And a lot of people don't want to talk about the heart. They want to talk about the various things that really gets people in trouble with God. So that's why I really, really not surprised that all the stuff is going on with Facebook, with Instagram, Twitter, you name it, because all of them are really connected. And also you got Google as well, because Google is the uh, people's main social engine, but it's not even a social engine anymore. It's mainly like a derelict uh, uh, entity to try to get you not to see other links, other different kinds of dialogue and searches that could relate to what you're trying to look for because they're trying to steer you to the far left side of things. Don't get me wrong. We use a lot of tools through, uh, through Google and Facebook and things like that. But see, now we're trying to figure out what can we do to build our own thing. And it, it does kind of lead us into uh, for us to go ahead and become a tech company ourselves. I'm not going to talk more details about that yet, but once we do, we will have all the station there for. But it just does. It just makes me look at everything now as the as a company whole, what direction we need to go. A lot of people depend on the um know these entities to really get their message across everything else but other entities out there that will help you without going through these links and trying to control you and i believe that god and i just don't believe this i know this this is in the bible that god is a god of freedom he's never a god of suppression he's never a god of putting you into a submission forcefully you either going to submit to him or not and that right there is the freedom that he wants you to have 
but never want you to depend on man's intervention for that freedom. You see, that's why we could go directly to him without any worry about the the common the uh, scenarios that people are looking for for God to do. So that's why I am so so amazed that it's other entities out there. But even for us, we could build these things. Even for us as a network and all the networks that we do run and own, we could build them. We could build things to really bring that freedom from God to you. And that's just mainly what Jesus Christ died for. He died for us so we could have that freedom in the relationship with Christ, for God himself. He came to Christ, and when he died, he died for us. That's how much love he had for us. So I want you to think about this for a minute here. Would you rather want to be under an entity that want to keep you stagnant and keep you from becoming more of what your potential are, or you're going to go ahead and break free from those chains? Because I'm going to tell you something, and I'm saying this strictly not only just black people, but just for people in general. When people don't understand what it means to be a slave. Now, black people will say it's because they are the color of the skin. Part of it is true, but this is the more of a spiritual slavery we talk about here. Spiritual slavery is so much more impact than the physical slavery. Spiritual slavery does. It keeps you bound. It keeps you away from God. It also will not get that relationship because the one thing that keeps you in spiritual slavery is sin. That's why we always talk about you have to declare Jesus as your Lord before he saved you. Because when you declare him as your Lord in your heart, the salvation will come immediately. Because of that reason, everything that God has said in his word will come to pass in your life. Not only that it come to pass, it'd be automatic because of your declaration to him. That's the truth about it. So if you want to know more about all the things that is going on, feel free to go to our website at www, not just www, go to http, go to rcrnetwork.com and click and listen in. So listen in uh, to us and don't worry, we will be broadcasted through our website. They cannot shut our website down. They can't do nothing to it, not even through our broadcasts. So it's very, very, very important to go to our website and listen in to any of our broadcasts from now on. Because like I said, Facebook is going to, if they are attacking conservatives, they're going to definitely, they have been, and they're going to really start taking out Christians. And I don't care if you are for them or you are against them. They're going to come and take you out because you got the label Christian on there. That's the truth. Because they look at the fact that you're going against them with all these social issues. And if you got Christian on your lapel or on your name statement or what you believe and what your mindset, your goals are, they come after you. It's a matter of time where they do that. So think about it. They want to get rid of all accounts. They want to make sure you don't exist. 
And I was uh, I was so amazed that millennials who do get banned are so caught up talking about that it's destroying their lives, but it's other means. And that's why I could tell you that it's other places that other people don't don't have a lot of stuff connected to so uh Facebook, but we do because a lot of you are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other places that are you know most of you are at. But but nobody never really check out websites no more. And that's why we encourage you to go to our website and um, we build our own apps. We build our own things. You could go, we could have our own app store, you name it. It's all because we want you guys to get this message. You don't have to have all the other means anymore. Like a lot of people depend on. You just need Christ to, with the Holy Spirit, lead you to that. And that's what I'm saying here. So, I'm going to take a short break and we'll be back shortly so you can go ahead and we're going to go dig deep into the social justice gospel of Satan. Precious Pearls Ministries with Sister Dana Carter. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 p.m. Pacific on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. We are back. I am. I do want to apologize if my audio sounds crazy. I don't know what's been going on with it for the past few weeks. I tried to make it sound clear, sound more professional. But if it does sound like something, just give me a feedback because I do want to hear from you and want to know what's going on. Maybe I had to do something else to really change my settings within the studio to be able to um, sound better. So I do appreciate your feedback if you can, and I really do know, want to know what you think. So um, back to what I was saying here about the social justice gospel of Satan. And, you know, a lot of people has been giving me a lot of flack Lately, and I'm gonna tell you why they give me life flat. They are trying to say that I am starring and war within the body of Christ. Uh, I heard one person when they listened to it was trying to tell the um, bald faced lie that I'm trying to start something that's going on in the body of Christ. Well, technically speaking, this is is predestined it's going to happen it's going to happen regardless how much you try on anything so why am i going into this with the progressive christianity because progressive christianity has a whole lot doing with what's going on in the worldviews of people right now and i'm going to really slam everything into the ground as much as i can because I really want to knuckle up everything into a nutshell because a lot of times people don't understand why the, the rise of progressive Christianity has so much themes that deal with social justice. And why is it a gospel? Because many denominations has caught up in the movement and that's why a lot of them not really getting more people because you got millenniums, you have different kinds of different 
generations after the millenniums are starting to see something that is not profound or don't make any sense. But if remember last week we was talking about the prosperity gospel. Well, in African American communities, the prosperity gospel is a I would call it a lynch mob um movement within that uh ethnic group to try to falsify them to come into their church to believe that God is gonna do something if they speak on give a word out and everything will be settled. If that is the case, then God, you know, God, God had to make you a God because God doesn't do that. He doesn't just give you that kind of power, but he give you faith in him to get the power to be done. And, you know, next week we're going to be talking about other things that's really going to make people mad. Um, I will have guests we're going to talk about these things because I really do want to hammer on these things that's really profound to the truth about why this is a problem. And this all started with the social justice gospel. And if you really look at it, it is heresy because it's, it's, it's kind of ironic. It started with a man called Walter uh, uh I, I hope I say his name. He was a American Baptist pastor and a theologian who lived during the late 1800s, in the early 1900s. Now, arguably, now he was found. He found that this social justice that was so prevailing in the church today. He also wrote about the theology of social justice. So that tell you. What is this stuff coming from? If you look at this man's background, he pretty much wants to bring more people to the congregation. But even with that, he also has something, a underlying agenda. Because this agenda really puts everything in, in perspective, which means that this theology of social justice is taught as a gospel primary consequence of earth is not of the forgiveness of sins but the solution to racism social or economic inequality poverty crime environmental problems or other social ills hence the heresy of this man i mean it just simply made it so problematic because of the way everything is just 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 lured in Remember, we was talking about the uh, the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition just flat foot just 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 embrace it, meaning that this is here is so profound that we need to have reparations for African Americans, which that's still a problem because how are you going to afford it? But it's not just that; it has so many unbiblical un- un- views from any kind of way that had to deal with the sin of man. And all this sin of man is doing is just literally just uh, just, just propagating on everything that's wrong uh, in the body of Christ. Then people ask, well, Jesus um, was the one talking about the social issue. No, he didn't. So let me ask you this. Social justice why Jesus didn't pursue it and why 
the church shouldn't fight for it. Well, and a lot of people will get mad about this because there will be a lot of people who will say, well, Cleveland, Jesus did come about justice. It's God justice, not the world justice. There's a big difference here. It's a huge difference because you have this lie from so many people who believe in something that's not biblical. Let me give you an example. Because thinking about the word social justice is a term often thrown around, but very rare defined, explained on every clear understanding on the daily discourse. Now, yet, a clear definition of this concept is necessary because there is indeed such thing as social justice, and then there is justice, you see. Contrary to the popular delusion, there is a difference between the two. For if they were indeed one or the same, the term justice would be significant. No qualifiers, no more or modifiers will be necessary. You don't need to put social justice, women justice, in injustice, or whatever justice you want to say. You should say justice. That's basically it. But when I found the most often conflated that these two concepts, which caused much confusion, content, and debate among the by Christ, which that's why we had this war within, regarding our charge as Christians. Now, now one might argue that is that the semantics, but as I said, I beg to differ here because. If you look at it as a professor Christian, not only claim social justice of what the body of Christ is charged to pursue, but they dare argue it was Jesus preaching on, on it and support doing his earthly ministry. Now, I want you to think about that. Why is this a problem? Because if you look at Marius Wester, justice as a personal administration and maintenance of what is just. It involves righteousness, equitableness, which is fairness, impartiality, and more righteous or rightness. Now, we see justice demand of God's people in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 7, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 through 9, Exodus chapter 23, verses 1 through 9, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, and James chapter 1, verses 27, as were in the scriptures. Now, the statement of this about divine social justice is called egalitarianism, which is a notion that social, economic, and political inequality must be removed from society. This here is socialism, or let's, let's put this in another words, socialism, Christian socialism. We'll talk about that a whole lot later as the layer or the last part of this series about these different things as is planted in the church. But the, but this here is also planted so vividly that it sprouted its fruit and is causing ills to the body of Christ. Now, thinking about this here, with this here, if you look at it according to dictionary.com, right, the word social justice is justice in terms of distributing the wealth, opportunities, and privilege in, within the society. This is exactly not commanded in scripture. It's not. 
that tell you what this coming from. This is coming from socialism. And people like, huh? Yes. Socialism is part of the social justice. And people like, how you define that? Think about it. Justice pursue justice pursue what is right according to the absolute impartial standard, which is the Bible, which is God's standard. But social justice pursue what it believes to be the lack of some based on what is believed to be possessed by others. Justice is divine is the driven by what is morally acceptable or what God said is right. But social justice is driven by what is socially acceptable and what it what the people said is right. You see, this is the difference between them. Justice is objective, social justice is subjected. Justice involves matter that can potentially impact anyone and social justice involves matters that are believed to only impact specific groups like African Americans, homosexuality, um, abortion rights, um, uh, immigration issues, um, climate change, and the list goes on. These things are not biblical. What's biblical is God's justice. So what these classifications in mind is obviously the uphold justice more certainly is the church charge. Yet here is why Jesus didn't pursue nor should the church fight for social justice. Okay? This is the main reason why we should not fight for this in the body of Christ. Now, now because no one engage in welfare entangles himself with the affairs of the life that he may please him who enlists him as a soldier. If that's in Second Timothy chapter two verse four. From its formal definition, it is clear that social justice deals with the affairs of this life, the life in on earth. Okay, this life here on earth. Why is that? Well, because think of the value. Social, economic, and political matters are a ever-present reality in the human condition. Of the human condition, I'm sorry. Whether real or perceived, assumed inequalities in these areas are byproducts of sin and will never be redeemed as long as we dwell in a fallen world populated by carnal men at enmity with God. Now, Jesus himself said the poor will, will always be among you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 11. This isn't to say the church is to turn a blind eye to the legitimate needs of the less fortunate. No, but it is to say that our focus isn't to be to fight for the ultimate results or the resolution of their earthly needs. And it is especially not our charge to take on social issues born of the nefarious agendas. And we'll talk about a little bit this a little bit. Now there are now there are professor Christians who erroneously argue 
that social justice was the heart of Jesus' earthly ministry. Yet Jesus repeatedly said he was about his father's business. Now, this is the work of of God, that you may believe in him who he sent. Jesus said, John 6, 29, his mission is to call sinners to repentance is a spiritual one. Luke chapter 5, verse 32, and his kingdom is not of this world. John chapter 18, verse 36. Now, the Jews thought Jesus came to overthrow Rome, Rome, Roman government and reestablish Israel's earthly kingdom at that time, but that didn't happen. They thought Jesus came to grant them earthly justice for their earthly oppressors. But Jesus told them to render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar, Matthew chapter 28, verse 21. Instead of charging his fellow Jews to hashtag resist, march, or protest, Jesus told them to pay their taxes. No worldly pursuit of justice, quote, quote, they thought to ascribe to Jesus would stick. He instead correct them about his mission and make his rounds only speaking and doing the will of his father. This is Jesus. And people want to put Jesus in a box to make it that known. Now, now, and we, the church, are also charged to only speak and do the will of God. Now, why is not happening in the church? Now, there are distractors. Detractors will undermine this charge to preach the gospel, to pray and pursue righteousness through Jesus by characterizing it as apathy. Means that you don't care, you're doing nothing, or it's insignificant, you think it's evil, you're just like, well, no, this is not important. But those who know Christ and his word are aware, aware of the gospel is the power of God. And it, that deals with the very sources for, from which the issues of life spring, the hearts of men, Proverbs chapter 43, verse, cha- Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I got, excuse me, I'm reading my notes really tight here. I'm sorry. Now, that spiritual warfare is far from the apathetic feet. Now, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, on that notion, it has a whole meaning about what it means that our good works in the world comes as the fruit of our saving faith. It is not as a prerequisite for it. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, because we believe in Christ, because we are born again of the Holy Spirit, God works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's also in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. See, all this uh, uh, all this here is corresponding to what God called us to do this thing. It did not call us to do something of the world. It called us to do things that is represent the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because the kingdom of God is prevalent. It's not something that we take lightly as a body of Christ. But it's a war because people want to change the Bible. 
Now, society doesn't guide our activities and the host, but the Holy Spirit does. You see, people have different spirits. So that just tells you that the church is here to be the salt of light that we point others to Jesus Christ. But other people don't do that. Now, our great commission is to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. We care for and stand capacity to those who suffer, but we are here to eradicate suffering in the world. No, we're not. Our ultimate battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. That's why we wear the armor of God. We are soldiers in this army of the Lord. As such, we do not war according to the flesh and the weapons of our war- warfare are not carnal. That's Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3, verse 3 to 4. All this here is really comes to this this plague of understanding. Now, because social justice perverts justice, we need to understand why. Since our charge is to seek justice according to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, a earnest pursuit of it exposed social justice as a hindrance of our ability to do that. Even as there are uh, legitimate causes lumped under the social justice umbrella, there are many that actually contradict the will of God. Again, social justice pursues the absence of equality in society. Not only is there never going to be achieved, but unfortunately, mankind has also found a way to pervert the mean of equality. All mankind was created equal in, in value to his creator, which is God. God has no respect of persons. But you got other people believe that. But mankind is not guaranteed nor promised anything of this life except trouble and the natural death. That's in John chapter 16, verses 33 and Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Our economic, social, and political stand is not guaranteed. So the Lord will be rich, so poor, some poor, some remain, some male, some female, some black, some white, some red, some yellow, even some different other color. But God will, you know, is always on those classes of people. That's everybody. Now, some of the Lord's, you no, know, now think about it. This is not equality. This is diversity. And this is where we get this thing. God loves to make all different shapes of clay. But people don't like those kind of clay shapes. Why? Because they want to diversely try to check off the people who they think is ruling them. And this is where all this social justice stuff really embarks on. It's sad, but it's true. Now, should we ignore the legitimate needs of others and take advantage of it, abuse or oppress on one another? Absolutely not. But is each person owed 
or say entitled or they say having rights, you know, what another has for equality to say? Absolutely not. Now, yet the latter is what social justice battles tends to encompass. It is the letter that letters the whole lump. The plight for all things being equal has gotten so perverse that society is allowing even though even that which undermines the common good to be legitimized. Aiding the less fortunate with their base needs to survive, like food, clothing, and shelter, is a just cause. Rebuking a professed Christian for his individual display of clear, undeniable racism is a legitimate reproof. But advocating for one's, quote, right to sin is just evil. Think about it. In the name of equality, pastors has urged Christians to support same-sex marriage. In the name of justice, there are professor believers willing to define clear criminals just because they share the skin color or gender. In the name of doing what's right, we legitimize and legalize and normalize gender confusion and demonize and will soon criminalize those calling them what God created them to be. Jesus did not die for us to fight these earthly battles. He mostly certainly didn't die for us to fight in the favor of sin and perversion. I want you to think about that because if you look at it, that's exactly what's going on in the body of Christ. You've got confessed Christians support things that's not of God. You got professed Christians that they promoting the things and the ills of the world. And you got um professed Christians who wants to make this stuff legal to do what? To say that they doing something of Jesus. And this is where I disdain what would Jesus do doesn't make sense anymore. It never have because Jesus already did what he did. He don't need, you don't need to know what he do. If you go and read his word and read it from the Holy Spirit side of it, it's right there. You don't need to have a legitimization about it. And why? Because God don't need to be legitimized into sin. God already is against sin for the jump. Why would need a legitimate sin that's not biblical? That doesn't make sense to me. And for for us to continue on this road, it just shows that God to them doesn't make sense. You see? And that's why we have to be very, 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 very careful of who is telling the truth and who is lying. And I believe with all of my heart that I really, truly, and it's not just my opinion. This is the what the Bible is saying. We got some problems here. We do. Think about here. True justice 
is doing what is right before God. And God tells us not to imbalance the scales or justify the wicked. Proverbs chapter 17 and also in 15. Also in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 23. Think about this. We should not show favoritism to the poor man simply because he is poor. Exodus chapter 23 verses 2 through 3. Nor shall we call evil good and good evil. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. But this is precisely what social justice does. It encourages and enables the Robin Hood equisic applications of justice and doing good, which is the Lord never ordained. He never ordained it. Why would we need to pursue it? While some see social justice as mere justice, it is clear that the application of is wholly unjust, unfair, entails group and identity politics, partiality, and promotes wickedness in society. The scales of justice become imbalanced because now we the plight is so typical nefarious right for the given group by demonizing another group. Rather than looking at individuals and specific details of their own merit, social justice reward and punish us simply for belonging to a group of social uh, that's given group. It's impossible to ensure justice for all under the perverted application. That is the main reason why social justice is evil. And why do we need to keep pursuing it? And why is it in the body of Christ? Why is this is a war? Because remember, it's no war against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, the rulers of the air. And I could go down this. If you read the Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It tell you why we war. And this is why we need to be very, very careful. Why we need to understand that God's word is absolute. And man with the social justice issue and this gospel of social justice is evil. Completely evil is totally destructive. And that's why the body of Christ is in a tirade of all kinds of calamity that doesn't know how to benefit from it. Just think about that for long and hard. But don't take my word for it. I want you to go through this whole thing and see for yourself. But I got a lot more to go. We'll be back in a few minutes and we're going to talk a little bit more details of why this is really, really going astray against what God's word says. Stay tuned. The Defender. Sundays at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Okay, okay, we are back, and I want to go a little bit deeper into this because a lot of the things that's going on that you don't understand what did Christ suffer, and the whole problem with that the social justice issue is that they don't give you the meat and the potatoes of the main reason of justice. To give you something that's going on in society, but not going on within the body of Christ. 
or why we are what we are in the body of Christ. Because Christ suffered injustice for the gospel plus God's glory is a synopsis of why we need to be be aromatic on truth. Because this is this what it means for the whole thing here. Now let's say for instance, like think about it. If social justice was or were the ultimate justice Jesus came to fight for our earth on, on for on earth, he undermined his own mission by suggesting or subjecting himself to suffer an unjust and humane crucifixion. Think about it. Jesus is an innocent man. Pilate, the Roman governor, was presided over Jesus' case, declared him so as well. That's in Luke chapter 23, verses 13 to 16. Now, still, the most grievous act in injustice ever known to mankind, Jesus were arrested and delivered to the Jews. Now, a lot of people, let me put this here, and I want to make this declaration to be honest here. The Jews is a ethnic group. It's not a religion. Judaism is a religion. But see, even in Judaism, they still don't believe in Jesus as Lord. Okay? They don't believe Jesus Christ. Do you I mean, if you really take the time and read up on the history and their beliefs, not just this history, but now, they don't really believe Jesus as the Lord. Now, you have Messianic Jews do believe Jesus is Lord. And I'm not saying it's it's a um, small number, but it's not as big in... The, the ways that we look at Israel. Now, if you want to go further with that, we will talk in a whole new topic about that on the Biblical Territory Review about that because that right there is a big sum of things. But if you really think about it, he was arrested, Jesus was arrested and delivered to the Jews. Now, he endured the unfair trial. He was mocked, flawed, made to wear a crown of thorns, made to carry his own cross, nailed to to say cross, and scorned until he hung his head and died. Suddenly on the third day he rose to victory, fully vindicated, but wasn't because the actions of men, but the power of God. Indeed, if social justice were Jesus' charge, he would have neglected the cross altogether and instead focused on delivering the Jews from the Romans. Right? With the exception of the few who exercised discernment, the Jews were expected Jesus to come to their earthly king and free them from oppression. They still was looking for the Messiah, but the Messiah did came through Jesus. But instead of leading a resistance and establish his kingdom on earth, Jesus walked around performing miracles and preaching about a kingdom in another realm, which says the kingdom of God. Now, even Pilate asked this question. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate inquired to Jesus during his trial. And Jesus emphasized, uh, emphasized this, okay? My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus replied, 
if my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But not my, but now my kingdom is not from here. That's John chapter 18, verses 33 to 37. Think about it. I want you to put this in your head. If social justice were his cause, Jesus could have led the great social justice mission known to man during his earthly ministry. But he chose to pursue a justice of heavenly proportions with eternal rewards. It undoubtedly would be, has been great for the Jews to be delivered from the hands of the oppressors. But Jesus was offering them and and others eternal deliverance from the oppression of sin and death as well as the ultimate justice due due us are all the wrath of God. I want you to think about that. Social justice don't do that. Jesus did that to really undermine the truth of the earthly realm and broke that truth, their truth, to the real truth which he came here to establish. Because Jesus remained focused on making a way for the eternal justice to be established between God and man. Not earthly realms, but God and man. Because of social justice, it's not a gospel issue. That's why we are in the body of Christ so much warring within each other about this. Because if you really think about it, the people who, who want to keep bringing on the social justice issue, are they really of the body of Christ? Part of the body. Family of God. That's something you mean to think about it. Because think about it. If believers are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, yet those fighting for such a justice often find themselves seeking first the cares of men and their own self-righteousness. Think about it. You care about what men have to say about what you need to approve to be part of this world so you could be as of the world, but not to and be conformed to this world. But go back to Romans chapter 12 and you go to the first verse to the second and third. It says that to be not of this world, conform to this world, do not conform to this world, but be ye transformed. By what? The renewing of the mind of the Holy Scriptures of God, which is Christ Jesus. That's basically what Paul was saying for us not to be conformed of the, the, the verities of this system. But think about it. I want you to think about it. Hear what social justice people think. They fight for what they believe is right. Because if social justice is indeed the church duty and a gospel issue, quote, quote, the social justice proponents need to explain why our chief cornerstone on multiple occasions did not do what they might think is right, expedient, or even just. Something to think about. This is hard stuff, people, because a lot of times people don't get the logistics of why God do what he do. And this is another thing here. 
they need to explain why a social justice Jesus did not allow justice to be served when he prevented the Pharisees from stoning the adulterers. They were well within the rights of the law of Kadim. That's in John chapter 8 verse 7. Here's another thing. Then, let's look at this. They need to explain why the social justice Jesus thought it is better indeed that his body be anointed with expensive perfume than to sell it and give the money to the poor. Matthew chapter 26 verse 6 to 13. Here's another thing. They need to explain why Jesus rebuked Martha for what they call taking action while he praised Mary for what they describe as doing nothing. Luke chapter 10 verses 38 to 42. They also need to explain why did the social justice Jesus work a miracle to give Peter the money he need to pay the temple tax. Matthew chapter 17 verse 24 to 27. But Peter had not had not a dime to give the lame beggar as for change outside the temple. Acts chapter 3 verse 6. They need to explain why Peter healed the beggar in Jesus' name and use that opportunity to share the gospel instead of protest against the economic and healthcare disparities that might have caused the man to become a lame beggar in the first place. That's in Acts chapter 3. I want you to think about this. Look at this. They have... Now, then they have to explain why Jesus fed the 5,000, right? In John chapter 6, verses 10 to 14. But Leah preached to them the following. This is what he said here in John chapter 6. Most assuredly, I said to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were full or filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. That's in John chapter 6, 26 to 27. This is something social justice uh, uh, gospel and the people who's so entrenched in need to explain. Let me explain, ask me this question. How come you can't answer this question here? Then how come they can't explain why the social justice Jesus, whom they said came to serve the marginalized in society, share a lesson on how to love others using a parable of a marginalized man serving someone else? The Good Samaritan. Because remember, the, the Jews and the Samaritans don't like each other. They think that Samaritans was nasty people. But that's in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And you can also look at a whole list in John chapter 4, verses 9 and chapter 8, verses 48. Moreover, they need to explain why the parable of the Good Samaritan wasn't a tale of the Samaritan bringing his neighbors a tax to justice. So I need to explain that. 
they need to explain why the social justice Jesus, who knew John the Baptist has been unfairly arrested, didn't go visit John in prison or attempt to rescue John from his unjust execution, but instead kept traveling and preaching the gospel. Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. They need to explain why the social justice Jesus allowed Lazarus, whom he loved, to die from his illness and waited days before going to see about him. John chapter 11, verses 5 to 6. But yet, they need to explain why a social justice Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead rather than lobby the Romans for universal health care. John chapter 38 and 48, um, 44. See, they can't answer these questions, but let's continue on. They need to explain a lot about Jesus because these and other instances suggest Jesus as his weren't driven by social justice, but his father's business. Did that business include love and compassion? Indeed. But love capacity did not oblige or obligate Jesus, nor does it obligate the church to pursue every cause man said is right. But it does require us to tell the world the truth, call men to repentance, and declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because if this social justice is very, very prevalent and very, very, very need, then how come Jesus did not do none of those things that we just outlined? How come? Because we are to walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 26. That's why. And see, it's a lot of people who claim to be Christians are walking in the flesh. It's a lot of them are. They're not, a, a lot of them are not really immune or, let's say, put the Holy Spirit in them. Because nine times out of ten, they're not saved. It's a lot of people claim to be Christians, but they mainly are church goers or religious people. That's what was going on with the Jews at the time. Because though, because though Christians are in this world, we are not of it. That's not our main objective. Thus, we are to be conformed to it, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Talk about that in Romans. But our perspective of this world should be from the eternal perspective and we are charged to always look up that we are not overcome by the affairs of this life. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, and 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. With a mind stead and stay on Christ, we remain focused on his mission. With this mind, it is virtually impossible to be engulfed in fighting earthly battles. It is impossible to desire to fight for everyone or everyone to live 
a utopia existence here on earth when the gospel says utopia is on the other side of this life, which is passing away and will only be enjoyed by those who are in Christ. You can't truly believe and understand what Christ teaches us and do in a literal opposite. That's just not, that's not even fundamental. That's not even a, uh, uh, the, the purpose of Christianity. But this is what's going on when you have this social justice gospel. Because that right there is a lie from Satan. And Satan wants you to believe something like that. But look at this here. Again, the Jews knew that Jesus was coming, but they understand of his purpose was carnal. They not even look, they they are was looking at everything in the physical aspect. That's exactly what's going on with people in the church today. They were, I mean, think about it. They were expecting him to deliver them from other men. That's exactly what's going on with the black liberation theology. If a lot of black churches are acting that way. And they always want to look for a God or another God or another Messiah to deliver them from the hands of the quote unquote white people, which is a bold faced lie from the pit of hell. Let me continue on here because it's a it's so many twists and turns when it really break and kill sacred cows. And these sacred cows are very, very Dangerous lies that cause wars and divisions in the body of Christ. Thinking about this, instead Jesus walked around from around for three and a half years preaching the gospel to deliver men from the wrath of God. Walking in the Spirit, Jesus was uh, also able to su uh, subject himself to the greatest injustice ever known to mankind, and the great justice would be established. Walking in the flesh, peer attempt to prevent Jesus' mission, not once, but twice. Acting out of the cardinal emotion rather than spiritual discernment, peer swipes off someone's ear on the occasion of spoken up under the influence of the Antichrist spirit in another. Now, Jesus sternly rebuked Peter for both. You can see that in Matthew chapter 16, verses 23 to 27, and Matthew chapter 26, verses 51 to 53. Think about it. Jesus had to rebuke Peter in the same notion. Tell you a whole lot what's going on with this thing here if this is a social justice Jesus. Now, it could be argued that Christians focus on social justice act are acting similar to Peter before he was finally rooted in his faith. They are quick to spring into action and may even mean well when they speak, but what they do and say are actually stumbling blocks to the cause of Christ. Now, despite their best intentions, they are not mindful of the things of God of men. They may truly be zealous for Jesus and for legitimate injustices, but they are still a bit hot-headed, right? And ruled by their flesh rather than discernment that comes from God's spirit. 
they may take upon uh take up certain uh social issues cause them uh seem right to them believing they are doing good yet in truth in truth there are they are a hindrance to the will of god either they take up a legitimate cause and push it with a great zeal while neglected to share the gospel or they take up a cause that utterly contradicts God's word believing they are being compassionate like Jesus. In our scenario there are spiritual immaturity compromising and sin at work. Just think about it. All this stuff they're doing it's what for benefit. Now, let's think about this. Failure to exercise discernment caused Peter to resist the will of God. Now, had he had not heed correction like some people need, he would be certainly remain, uh, 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 be remain on the path of doing Satan's bidding, even if he meant well. That's exactly what I was talking about. Because if you think about it, Satan, what you, he, people think Satan is this grotesque, evil being. But Satan disguises himself as something lovely, beautiful, and wonderful. And he wants you to believe something that is not true. He really, truly, truly don't want you to think anything upright. Because if you do, you gotta, you will have to have a discernment of the Holy Spirit that lives inside you to see that he's trying to trick you. So he confused you and get you all out of the, the proportionally way, out, out of the way to get you to look at him and all this stuff going on earthly instead of biblically. And spiritually, when I mean by spiritually, would the Holy Spirit lead to truth? Now believers who are married to social justice must examine themselves. They do. They need to determine what, why they are taking up the causes with which they are associating themselves to. They, that then they must determine whether they, that the causes are just and if they methods for addressing them truly align with the word or the spirit of God. They need to really check themselves about that. Now, I honestly believe I have said enough, okay? I think I have. If it pleases the Lord, I pray I never have to revisit this topic here again, but social justice debate frustrates me deeply. After thinking about this, I and think more and more and more, this stuff is keep going on every time. And it's, it's growing every year. But it's, it's sad to say that it's not going away. It's getting stronger and stronger. It even established the deeper roots in the church. That's why we have a war in the church. Because it's such a frustration display as Satan's hand is in this debate. It could be more evident and otherwise solid, solid brothers and sisters in the faith of being ensnared by it in droves. And that's another truth. And I'm not just talking about on the left side of the issue. I'm talking about the right side of the issue. 
we know the world is going to do sin, but you got bro- brothers and sisters get caught up into it each and every single time. Then when they get caught up into it, here's the problem. Here's the huge problem. Here is the huge problem. They get so enriching. I hope I, I, I this is one of the hardest subjects to talk about because there's many, many brothers and sisters in Christ are in this social justice day. I pray that the Lord will open their eyes of the believers who's presently seduced by the social justice gospel and who are led, who are leaning their hands and voices to the social justice movement. That their zeal for justice do good remain. Yet I pray that the Lord brings their understanding and execution of justice and good works back into alignment with his will and his righteousness as they increase in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray for that. I pray for that more and more often because... That, to me, dealing with social justice, dealing with the fact that it doesn't matter what's going on, because I was going to go there with the black theology, the black liberation theology, but God told me to stay focused on the whole thing because all that is a mixture of that. It's not a black-white thing. It's not a Korean. It's not even a Native American. It's not even people who are from Russia or, or anything. It's a spiritual thing. We deal with principalities. We deal with powers of the air. We deal with the, the wickedness of the rulers of this world. We deal with all of that. All that is going on in in this world, but it's also going on in the body of Christ. We got so many people going 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 so so rich. So many people, so many people in different denominations, different um decrees and things like that that's supposed to be a by Christ. It's a war fighting among each other. And the only thing I could say and this is a diff, this is deep. This is, this hurts me to even, um, broadcast about this because having something like this is going on in the body of Christ is so, so much, much, much prevalent. And I just sit here and ask God, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on me and others who dropped the ball. And a lot of us did drop the ball. We dropped the ball on the social justice issue that we got so many people in so many fronts from charismatic to the new apostolic reformation. All that going on is bringing in social justice issues. You got so many people from the mainline churches from, I said, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, um, you name it, even the Catholic and Baptist. Are bring these issues in. 
And this is need to be t- addressed and talked about. We got so many people, so many fronts, even the reformers are fighting among each other. It's so many people fired because of this issue. And the, we need to nip this above once and for all. This issue that we are fighting on is an issue that is from the devil himself. This is his gospel. It's not good news. It's bad news. And the true gospel of Jesus Christ is exactly what we need. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is the main reason why we stand. And that's why Jesus is our Lord and Savior. So, next week we'll talk about something heavy women creatures. And this year is going to be much more controversial. And we need to address this next week. And we'll have a guest on that next week. Stay tuned. We got more to come. And I'll see you next week. Do you see what this really is? It's a cry for war on discernment and truth. No longer is it perceived as being correct and necessary to biblically test the spirits to see if they be of God, and no longer are we to examine, by the word of God, teachings, prophecy, manifestations, or signs and wonders. No. What we are being told to do is accept it all without question for if we don't. We are an enemy. Come back next week about exposing the war within the body of Christ. The Biblical Editorial Review is copyright by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.